listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Well, listen, listen, today is extremely different, extremely different. Um, we have been pretty much still on a lockdown from mission trips uh, because of COVID. Uh, we were supposed to take one uh, a couple of years ago, and, or a few years ago, I should say now, and that got shut down because of COVID. And, uh, and so we are excited that our Guatemala, Guatemala mission team is back home and uh, it's been a few weeks. They've had time to decompress a little bit, and we get to hear from them today. So again, it's a different day, but we have been supporting the orphanage, Casa Shalom. We've been supporting that for many years, over a decade, that we've been pouring into that orphanage, getting closer to two decades, actually. And, and I think it's important for you to see where those funds are going. I think it's important for you to, to hear from the mission team and to be inspired by what they experienced. You see, earlier this year, um, this group of people came together with, with so many uncertainties. I'll never forget that first interest meeting, the look on your faces. You were all just a deer in the headlights. There were only a couple of you that knew what you were getting into. And the rest of you just had that, that scared, innocent look about you. And I was like, yes, yes, lambs led to the slaughter. It was great. <clears throat> and they were all interested in going on this mission trip, and they had all of their uncertainties, all of their questions. But over the next few months, they met together. They were united as a team. They learned the do's and the don'ts. They memorized the number one rule of a mission team, thou shalt always be flexible, be flexible. And they sent out sponsor letters, and they raised their own funds to go, go to Guatemala. And um, <clears throat> they, <clears throat> excuse me, they would have to be reprogrammed because you, you have to know certain things before you get there. Things like uh, never let the water um, go into your mouth while you're in the shower unless you like, like parasites. Um, you just don't do that. They had to brush their teeth with bottled water. It's just part of the process. They couldn't flush toilet paper. That's, a, that's, that's one that catches you off guard a little bit. They have little boxes like next to the toilet, and that's where you had to put your toilet paper. Then they had to empty said boxes regularly for obvious reasons. Um, they had to use hand sanitizer often, and especially before every meal. And, and so many just little things like that, that that you don't think about, but it's necessary if you're going to come back home and come back healthy. Um, and, and here's the, the unique thing about it, not just them, but all the mission uh, teams that we've trained along the way, they wouldn't change a thing about it because their lives have been forever changed. And, and today they get to share some of that with you and we get to go on this journey with them. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off and just see a little recap video of their trip <clears throat> and then we're going to interview some of those team members.
So as some of you are aware of, um, at our church's 10-year anniversary service, which coming up in September, we'll be celebrating 17 years as a church. It's crazy to me. But almost seven years ago at our 10-year anniversary service, um, we were underneath a, a big tent on this property on the hottest day in human history. It was so hot. It was so hot. And God moved upon our hearts to not sow into our own dream, which was this. And God kept prompting us for years not to sow into our own dream, but to sow into someone else's dream. And if we did, he would bring our dream to pass. Standing there on a, on a makeshift stage underneath that big tent, almost where we're at right now, I challenged our church as one of our missionaries was, was in the audience, Jessica Hansen, Josh's wife from, from Castle Shalom. And I challenged our church, it would be so easy for us on that day to give to our dream. I mean, especially when you're burning up and you just want AC. You'll give to AC when, but God, God said no. Continue investing in their dream. And we took up an offering that day. I, I can't remember exactly. 25 plus thousand dollars came in that day for the cafeteria that they needed, a new cafeteria. That's after we had already raised <clears throat> 25000 uh, to build a new chapel that they got to experience while they were there that they named Destiny Chapel after our church, which is just an honor for all of us. And so this place has been on our hearts for years. We have a wonderful relationship with them. And I'm so glad that you guys got to experience that. I'm, I'm, it, it's just my honor that you got to go and you got to see where a part of my heart resides. And I can't wait to go back. I, I, I'm envious that I didn't get to go with you guys this time. But next time, I'm certain I'll be able to go back. And uh, I love that place. And um, and I know you do too now. So we get to hear from some of our team members. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Now remember, <clears throat> they don't do this all the time, okay? They're, they, none of them claim to be public speakers. Um, so we're stretching them a little bit. And all five that I asked, and I said, listen, would you share your experience? They all responded with a unanimous yes. We, we, we want to be a part of it. And so I want to welcome to the stage the first of our team members that I want to talk to today, Miss Chloe Comasanas. Chloe, would you come up? Hello, Chloe. Hi. How nervous are you right now? Very. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Hey, I do want to uh, take just a moment, though. And um, one, of our, one of the ladies at the FWRC, um, I think she'll actually be in second service today. But I, I just want to make mention, Liliana is from Guatemala. And when I was telling them about this experience today, I, I told her, I said, make sure that you tune in because I, I want you to hear all about this. So she gets to hear about her homeland uh, during second service today, which is exciting, exciting. So, Chloe, going on this trip, you were not excited about it at first. Tell us why. Be honest. This is transparent. This is the living room today, by the way. This is where we just kind of lay it all out there. Tell us about that. So this past year was my senior year of high school. Um, my whole high school career, my parents and I had always talked about taking a really big vacation, like a senior graduation trip, and I was really excited to go to Europe or, you know, Greece, something like that. And then my dad told me we were going to Guatemala. Which, First of all, your dad has a way of doing that, just so you know. Yes. I, I, I've known Rob long enough to know he has a way of doing that. Go ahead. He does. Um, so at first, I was very disappointed. Um, I was like, can we do both? No. It's a lot of money. So it ended up, as soon as I got on the plane to go from Gainesville to Miami, I already knew that I had made the right decision and God was going to soften my heart on this trip. Okay. And, and he did. He did. So what are some of your main takeaways from this trip? So I think I learned three main things on this trip. Um, the first one being you don't need material things to have joy. 
you can find joy in the little things. You can find joy in Jesus. All you need is people who love you and surround you and Jesus and some food. <laughs> <laughs> food is important. Um, the second one is, sorry. <laughs> the kids in, at Casa Shalom desperately want someone to show them an unconditional love. And it is so hard being there and only being there for a week. So you have to show them as much love as you can, but not your own love. You have to show them Jesus's love because that is the only unconditional love that will be in their life forever. So good. Um, the last one is God can use you in any way, even if you don't feel like you have any special talents or anything that you're really good at, God will find a way for you to serve his kingdom. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. Um, now, this trip has affected your life since being back in the States. Uh, tell us what that perspective looks like. So I think coming back, you learn to be so much more grateful for just what you have and providing other people with so much more grace and patience. And you just learn that. Oh, that's so good. Well, Chloe, we want to thank you for representing DCC on your senior trip. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> you are uh, full of grace, and we, we love and appreciate you. We've watched you grow up, and, um, and for you to go and represent our church this way was just fantastic. So thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Give Chloe a hand. Next, we have Jordan Young. Morning. So uh, this was interesting. When I was reading your testimony about the trip, um, you had um, um, the, uh, quite an experience even before the trip started. Um, so the trip before the trip was already an adventure. Tell me how the enemy just, just fought you going on this trip. Yeah, I had a, a lot of struggles. And in hindsight, they're not a huge deal. Hold that mic up. Sorry. There you go. Um, a lot of struggles leaving the house. Um, a couple days before the trip, um, I've got several work trucks that we own, and I always had a backup should something break down. And uh, I had an injector go out on one of my daily drivers that I have. Um, not a big deal. I got a plan B backup truck. Um, so everything's good to go. Wake up early that morning, walk out to the driveway, and it's pouring down rain, which is already kind of a red flag to me. Um, and there's just an oil slick of you know, oil across my driveway. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, it's, I'm already running late. I got to figure out how to get through this. Um, so anyways, I put about two gallons of oil in my truck and then try to fly. I text Rob saying, hey, I'm a few minutes late. You know, hopefully I'm not holding everyone up. Uh, and then I'm driving down the road. Roads are flooded. Uh, it is monsooning outside. Um, my wiper blades are barely working as is, so I can't even see where I'm going. And it's just like, man, if there were, if there were as a sign to stay home and just get back in bed, this is it. Um, I'm sure my wife would appreciate it. My kids would appreciate it. I'm like, nope, I just got to keep going, uh, make it to the airport. One of the last ones there, but there's, they're still, you know, checking in. So I'm like, okay, we're good. I made it on time. And I was like, man, usually, so typically I give myself like three strikes before I like call it on something. And we were on like strike five or six yeah. on the way to the airport. <laughs> I'm like, I just got to keep going. Uh, we'll get there. It'll all work out. And it did. You know, the, the mental battle that takes place there, though, is trying to discern if it's God or the enemy. You know, it's like, is God trying to keep me from going because he's trying to save me from something? Or is the enemy trying to keep me from going and, and being a blessing to someone? And, and that's, a, that's, that's a real struggle. I mean, it really is. And um, I'm glad that you pressed through um, because this was also the first time that you had really been gone overnight, more than one night, away from your wife and, and your two young sons. Yeah, so we maybe have spent a night or two apart since we've been married and had kids. And I'm not much of a traveler, so airplanes aren't my cup of tea. 
Um, so that was strange. And again, it was a bad storm and we had a tropical storm headed straight for Guatemala. Yeah. I completely um, ignored yeah. that. Um, yeah. as, as team members were asking, I was like, oh, y'all are going to be fine. It's going to be great. Yeah. I didn't it's bring coming it in off the Pacific. It'll be fine. <laughs> I purposely kept that quiet to yeah. not stress anyone out in the house. So, yeah. So no, well, I'm glad you did. So God did something very unique though, to bring kind of a peace and comfort to your soul. Um, which I thought when reading your testimony, I just thought, man, that's God. That's, but tell them, tell them about that. So a few weeks prior, we, we collected our prayer, or we didn't collect our prayer coins, but Rocky had laid them out. We had grabbed prayer coins to pray for the mission trip folks. Um, and we had a number, and I, since that morning, I was like, you know, it would be awesome if I just happened to pull this number when we go on the trip. And that was kind of in the back of my mind. I had a, a gut feeling that would happen. And when we got to the airport and we were given our name tags and our prayer coins, and it was the same number. I said, we're good. This is solid. Everything I was worried about doesn't exist anymore. And then uh, from there on, like all the stress about the trip went away. And again, I didn't go on this trip to enjoy myself necessarily, but I began to just kind of be worry-free and just focus on what we were there to do, and I didn't really have any concerns. I knew my wife and kids would be taken care of. Mm -hmm. The flight there, the travel, all taken care of, you know, being flexible, whatever I had to do to get there, like, it was all easy, and, like, I could focus on the the mission of the trip. Yeah. Seems like when God gives you that sign, man, and you just know, um, which is trust, which is faith, right? Once you know, it's just, okay, God, you leave me, I'll follow, and that's, that's, that's exactly where he wants us. So this past summer, um, you and your family volunteered and participated at your first DCC VBS. And apparently, God was preparing you for what was to come. How did you get out of your comfort zone in Guatemala? So I'm an introverted person for sure. Um, You know, coming to VBS and interacting with the kids kind of opened me up to be, I don't know, just to, to... get along with the kids and play with them and just kind of and it's something I don't do on a normal basis other than my own children. Um, so that kind of helped the week prior. And then going on this trip, we had a VBS kind of task and then we had the electrical and then a few other projects that kind of fell in our lap. And I just went in knowing I'm going to put my head down and just work. I'm not there to kind of be fun and, you know, all that stuff. I just want to get the job done and do the best I can. Um, but the VBS prior kind of softened me up a little bit to what I was getting myself into and then the first night of VBS, if I remember, um, and mind you, everything that we're doing is in Spanish. So, like, that's already a hurdle to get over. Um, I was the prodigal son in one of the skits that we did. I joined a worship Wait, team. let me get this right. You were actually in the skit. Yes. And that, so... If you know him, you'll know how much of a stretch yeah, this yeah. is. Yeah, um, And we volunteered for it, too. So I said, you know what? This is an opportunity. If I make a fool of myself, you know, chances are I'm not going to see all these kids again. And, you know... <laughs> This is my opportunity. But so. we've got video of it. Check. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just so kidding. I was <laughs> up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's probably somewhere. You're right. Um, so, yeah, the prodigal son, I was a part of that. Um, worship team in Spanish. Like, the songs, I knew the songs, but because they were in Spanish, it just threw you for a loop. And it's like, I didn't even know what I was saying. I was just trying to read the screen, turned around the whole time, trying to see where we were at. Um, and then doing the church clap, which was new to me, <laughs> so I kind of learned it with everyone. And then trying to teach it, it's like, I don't know, this is, this is bizarre, but I enjoyed it. It was a good time, definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, would do it again 100 times if I could. Hopefully I get to. Half, half the people in the room have no idea what the church clap True. is. True, I'm not I, gonna show you. I should have, I should have had the music queued yeah. up, and, but I know as soon as the music started, Logan Washburn would have knocked us over on this stage, because yeah. that guy, he, <laughs> he definitely does not Hey, you, it's, that's amazing, man. Thank you so much mm. for letting God use you. Thank yeah. you for pressing through. Yeah. Um, you know, I've come to realize this. More often than not, it's usually the enemy fighting than it is God trying. Why would God not want us to go and be light and darkness? That's what I always ask myself. I always do. I know, I know that sometimes it seems like maybe, it, maybe God's trying to tell us not. But I always ask myself, what? what what is God's plan? What is God's purpose here? And, and why would God not want us to go to Guatemala? Why would he not want us to show those kids love? And I, th- I praise God that you gave it more than three strikes and that you kept pushing through because um, from what I understand, you were a tremendous help on this trip in many ways. So thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, would y'all give him a hand? Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, next we're going to invite Cody May up. Would you put your hands together and welcome Cody May?
It's good to see Cody here today. Uh, Cody and, and Lindsay, they have been helping out quite a bit in the, at the Trenton campus. And um, I'm a little selfish sometimes. I start missing people. And uh, even though I know it's the right thing, again, why would God not want us to do that? But I know it's the right thing, but, um, but I, I, it's good to see you here. Welcome it's, home. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> um, did you have any hesitation in deciding on whether or not to go on this mission trip? Uh, no, absolutely not. So, little backstory. Um, I feel like God kind of had me on a low boil for, not necessarily long-term missions, but, but I definitely wanted to to partake in international missions trip. Um, and I heard Rob and Taylor were going to the Philippines and I went up to Rob and I was like, why didn't you invite me? Like, I kind of, I'm kind of hurt a little bit. Um, he's like, well, you know, it's me and my son are gone and I guess I understand that. But, uh, he's like, but there is an opportunity this summer to go to Guatemala. And I told him, I was like, I don't care when it is I'm in, like, I'm, I'm ready to go. And, you know, he kind of, told me there was a point-based system on grading if I would go or not, which was a joke, obviously. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was, I was ready to go from, from the beginning. So Yeah. Uh, as you know, we've invested um, a lot of funds into Casa Shalom and the, the orphanage there. Um, were you able to see some of our investment? Yeah, definitely. Um, that was one of my favorite parts was, was seeing, you know, just the – you know, the church has given so much towards the chapel, the cafeteria, um, and, and being able to go and see that was just amazing. Like, you know, walking up the hill, when I first got there, I was like, is, where's Destiny Chapel? That's what I want to see. Like, that's what we've given towards. That's, you know, they named it after our church. And so when we finally got up to the top of the hill, and I was like, wow, like, I mean, the building is amazing, you know, glass windows all around. You you know, volcanoes in the background, like it's, it's amazing. And to be able to see that and see what, what our church has given to, um, and, and that and the kids have a place to, to meet together as, as a body in worship. I think that was a cool experience to see. So as, uh, Jordan and I were talking about one of the unique elements of this trip was, uh, this team facilitating vacation Bible school at, at, at night, um, which was held there at Destiny Chapel. Um, what did this experience mean to you? Yeah, so, um, and I can't say enough about Rob and the team. Like, we all just started working to get, to get, we wanted this VBS to be basically what we have here for our VBS for the kids in the summer. We wanted to take that and, and do that there. And so, you know, we brainstormed, we came up with all these things that we could do, um, and it, you know, the first night, kids, I think, were a little, you know, they were kind of just watching. But by the end of that first night, man, they, I think they really bought into it. And our team bought into it. Um, and, you know, we got to do it for three nights. But I'll always remember, um, I think it was the second night, we all sang, uh, I'm not enough unless you come. And um, I think by the second night, most of us had given up trying to sing in Spanish. So... <laughs> Um, I know a lot of us were singing in English and the kids were singing in Spanish, but like, I, I have a video of it, but like just those two languages coming together, like lifting up their praise to God. I, I will always remember that. Like it just, you know, you think it'd be chaotic, but like it, it was just beautiful. Like these two languages meshing together and like, I was just sitting there and it was weird. Like I kind of, I almost got a taste of what heaven was like. Like, it was just, it was beautiful, so. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing. So there was this moment on the trip that um, God had to physically sustain you. Um, share that experience. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was fun. So uh, the last night we were there, uh, we had a couple nights where we were able to play soccer with the kids, basketball, things like that. No, don't, don't even, they don't play basketball. They have a basketball okay, court. They, <laughs> I have tried on many trips. Those kids don't want to play basketball. They turn every game into soccer. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So we attempted to play basketball. Um, he's just not coordinated enough to use his hands. So he just uses it. Who is that? Oh yeah, he's not, no. Uh, so the last night we, you know, we wanted to play soccer with the kids, kind of have one last night of just hanging out with them. Um, and about halfway through that, 
soccer game, I was, I started just to feel pretty rough. I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. So I, I took, I told Rollins, he was Mr. FIFA over there, you know, playing with the kids. So I told him, I was like, Hey, I'm gonna go take a shower and I'm going to like cut in for the night. Uh, so I took a shower, I got in bed and I was still, as the night went on, I just, I kept getting worse and worse. Um, I mean, headaches, um, and almost around midnight, I couldn't like, I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't breathe. Never had asthma, never had any issues like that. So like, it was, it was pretty scary. Um, and I remember I, there was a couple people downstairs still playing games at midnight. Thank God, you know? So I went downstairs and I, and I pulled Rob aside and I was like, Hey Rob, um, I don't know what's going on, but I'm having trouble breathing. Like I can't, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of scary. And he's like, the first thing he did was he pulled everyone that was awake and they, they prayed over me, which that was, that was awesome. So thanks Rob. Appreciate that. Um, but you know, that in, in retrospect, that really like settled my spirit. Um, and then after prayer, you know, Marie and Jessica were like, you know, the nurses there, they were throwing things at me, pills, inhalers. I don't know what I took to this day, but, um, (laughs) So I took all that stuff. I went back upstairs and, you know, anytime I would lay down, I, I just couldn't breathe. So I fell asleep sitting up in bed and uh, I think I scared, scared Taylor. Uh, the next morning he was like, man, you scared me. I came in and saw you sitting up in the middle of the night and I was like, what are you doing? Um, so, but, but God, you know, God let me sleep that night. Uh, actually I woke up still sitting up, you know, my head was kind of hanging down and I was like, wow. Um, so I woke up, I felt like my congestion was, was clearing up and I mean, I didn't feel a hundred percent better, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Good enough to get out of Guatemala because I, you know, that night in my mind, I was like, I do not want to go to a hospital right now. Like I'm not going to do it. Um, so, you know, I prayed and they prayed for me and, you know, God gave me the strength to get through that night and get on the plane, um, and get back to the States. But, um, you know, when I did get back the next morning, it was like a train hit me. Like I felt awful. So I went to the doctor, uh, diagnosed me with swine flu. So I caught swine flu in Guatemala, which was wonderful. Uh, so who's ready to go on the next trip? Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I mean, it knocked me out for a week, but you know, thinking about it, I'm just so thankful for this team for praying and throwing pills at me and, and for God just sustaining me to get home. Like it was, it was, it was awesome. So that's what we are. Pill pushers. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Cody, thank you so much, man. You were such a blessing and, and thank you for representing us. Will, Uh, we love you, man. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Next, I'm going to invite Jen Sykes. Would you put your hands together and make Jen feel welcome? You can do whatever you want to. You have the microphone. When you have the microphone, you can do it. Ooh, that's not a good idea. Uh-oh. Paul's um, down there going, no, no. <laughs> I just want to say hi to my friend Jen, FWRC. Miss you, girl. Oh, that's great. Hi, Jen. Um, so preconceived notions and expectations are just a fact of life. We all have them. And in my experience, the mission field is really the great reality check of that. Um, you almost have to expect the unexpected. So tell me about your experience with that. Well, um, Rob ingrained to our head from day one, you know, um, this is not going to be like anything you've ever experienced. Anything that you ever thought you knew about missions, just throw it out the window. I thought I knew what he meant. I had no idea what he meant. (laughs) Um, I didn't really write this in my testimony, but I was just thinking about it. You know, being a retired Marine, I've been on deployments before. I've been in third world countries. So I thought I had a good idea of what to expect. But I mean, nothing can really truly prepare you. Um, And I knew what we were going there for. So I was like, well, I'm not an electrician. I'm not a painter. I tried to work in the, you know, in the kids' church. 
what am I going to do? <laughs> so as we got there, and when, they, when you first go, you get this, um, you get a tour of the whole area. And I'm like, okay, so I'm making this little mental checklist of, oh, you know, this is kind of a hazard. I can sweep the floor here so nobody trips because you're going up and down stairs. I could do that. Oh, I could do this. I could do that. This is how I, I made sure I was like, oh, I can help God this way. I can serve God this way. Um, and I was just kind of making a little mental checklist as we were going through. And like, I'm definitely not helping out with electricity. I'll leave that to my husband. Um, and it's just funny how, even though I was, thought I was going to be flexible, I really wasn't that flexible in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to be flexible in helping people out wherever I see a need. Um, so I started out on the wall, and they did such an amazing job. I don't know if y'all saw it on the pictures, but um, they did a, a great job. They had to scrape it and then repaint it and then redo everything. And there was plenty of work to go around. But um, it's just you don't realize how much needs to be done. But um, quickly I realized that it wasn't, there was a whole lot more that needed to be done than what I thought I needed to be done. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's okay. I kind of lost track. Yeah. Well, there was this, in your testimony, there's this unique, like, eye-opening spiritual experience that, that you had while you were there. Okay. Um, and yeah. it's a God moment, I think. So if you don't mind, yes. I'd love for you to share it. Absolutely. Thanks for reeling me in. Um, <laughs> so back to the little eye thing. Um, so I was volunteering for things um, that, like I said, I thought I needed to do. And I just wasn't feeling, I just felt like I was just there and doing things. Um, I volunteered for VBS. And like you were saying, we were standing up front and leading worship in Spanish. And I just... I didn't feel the move of the Holy Spirit at all. And I was like, well, maybe it was because it was in Spanish. Maybe it's because I'm not used to being up front, in front of everyone. But I just, I felt disconnected. And that never happens during worship. So I talked to a few of my friends. I talked to my husband and I'm like, I don't understand. I just, I feel like I'm doing what I feel I need to do, but it just doesn't feel like, I, I don't know, there's like a disconnect. And they're like, well, just pray about it. So I prayed about it. Went to bed that night and no kidding, I was asleep. And we're in bunk beds. There's nobody above me. And they're really, I guess the kids had made them. And they're really thick wood, if any of you have ever been there. And at one, and I remember the time because I looked at my phone, it was 1.43 a.m. and my bed literally shook like woke me up, shook that bad. And I'm like, I look around and everyone is dead asleep. <laughs> and, I, and I told a couple of people this story. <laughs> I was like, did, did you feel anything? Because sometimes you'll hear gunshots or whatever, or your know, dog's barking and nothing. So I got up and I was like, well, I guess God wants me to pray. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom and I just, I poured my hat out to God and I'm like, Lord, you know, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not feeling you that I'm obviously not doing something? And I, I didn't get any answers that night, I'll be honest. But that next day, we got so much work done just because I put myself aside and I was asking God what he wanted me to do. Um, and then the next day, just it was just amazing, especially at VBS. And I didn't volunteer for anything. I told Sabrina, I said, I'm, I'm not going to help with crafts because that was something I thought I needed to do. Um, I didn't go up front to help with worship. Again, something I thought I needed to do. And um, I just stood in the back. But I tell you, you know, it was so, the Holy Spirit just came on. It was the second day. Just so amazing. And I just, I couldn't stop crying. I felt it was so heavy. And then just after that, everything was perfect. I knew that I was within God's will. And I just kept having these visions of the kids during the entire worship service was like, I could see their faces, how happy they were. And I knew 
that the entire time it was because, like in Luke chapter 10, I think it was 21 through 22, where Martha was complaining because Mary was at Jesus' feet. But, and there was work to do. And so to me, that was God saying, yes, Jen, there's work to be done, but I'm here. I need you to be with me and, you know, be with my children, not just do the work. So it was like a really big eye-opening experience for me, and it just broke me down. The only way that God knows how to do to show me that, you know, this is what you're here for. Everything that you think that you knew you knew, you really don't know, and let me just show you. And it, for me, that's what it took for me to realize that what the mission trip was about and what I needed to do. It wasn't about me, it was about God. So, Well, and then God used you in ways that you didn't know that he was going to use you, and you did help with electrical. <laughs> yes, and it was funny too because when I was doing my little mental—oh, sorry—when I was doing my little mental checklist, I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to do the electrical. I'm just going to work on the wall." And then I ended up not working on the wall, and I was like, "Well, I'm just going to measure for the windows because we were putting windows in the cafeteria." So when that was done, then uh, Bethany and I started pulling wire, and I was like, and I even told her, "I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull wire, but there's no way you're going to get me on that." ladder. And then guess what? I was on the ladder. <laughs> and then Paul was like, hey, babe, um, can you come up here on this ladder? I'm going to get on the extension ladder and I need you to help me pull these ones like <laughs> way up top. And I'm like, well, just when you, you think you got it, God's like, ha ha, <laughs> I got something else for you. <laughs> so it's just really funny how God will take you out of your comfort zone and show you what he wants you to do, not what you think you want to do. So it was just really a good experience all around. And you, you know, just when you think you know what you know, you don't know. And, so. and how about your husband? How about Paul? Rob sent me a video <laughs> one night and... He, he sent me a video of the, of the whole, like, thing. And, and, and so I'm looking at the, the chapel of the kids, and, and Paul is going across the stage with a microphone. He's the hype man. Yep. And that's not his character at all. And I was, like, rewinding, and I was like, is that really? What? Yes. And I sent it back to Rob, and I was like, what have you done to Paul? Like, yep. he was hyping the kids up, getting them. I, it, was, it was one of the craziest things. Who knew it? Paul the hype man. I knew it. I knew it. You know he, it. he is... He, I'm, now y'all know he is like this big, he's a big kid. He loves kids. He's always the hype man at our house. He loves playing sports, which y'all know for the football, um, the football ministry, or not football, I'm sorry, basketball, basketball ministry. Yeah. So he's a big competitor and he's just a big kid and he loves kids, but he won't tell you that. Yeah. So well, thank <laughs> God you both for too. going. You, you guys were tremendous. Thank you for letting God deal with you, you know. Sometimes it's, it's hard to be consumed with God when you're full of yourself. Yes. And I have been there many times, and I've been there on the mission field too. And uh, thanks for letting God empty you. That's good. It was definitely a pleasure. Awesome. We'll definitely go again. Would you give her a hand? <laughs> now we get to welcome their fearless leader, Rob Kamasanas. Would you welcome Rob? Nice shoes, man. Looking good today, bro. I tried. Yeah. So, Ron, this was the second of two mission trips that you went on this year. Um, tell me about these experiences. Well, the two mission trips were completely different in, in their nature, the mission itself, and what we were to do. Um, the first one with going to the Philippines, it was just Taylor and I going out from the church, but uh, we there was no in our mind, no pre-planning involved. Like they said, show up at this date, at this location. We didn't get to meet anybody. Uh, and I think that was intentional because <laughs> we were the only Americans that went on this trip. Um, everybody was from Asia, which makes sense because of the, the location of it. Uh, but it's a, it's a 24 hour flight time out that far. Like you're in an airplane for 24 hours. Um, and it's a 14-hour time difference. So you're dealing with all of that logistics. And then we were there only as a support to the mission field. Like the logistics of everything that's 
in the Philippines is already there. There, there, there are like 43 locations in Manila that Metro World Child is doing a sidewalk Sunday school. And they do it um, like four times a day, um, seven days a week. And so we were there just to like carry something for the missionaries. But if, if we were there or not, they would still be conducting all of these activities. And you're going out into the communities consistently. So um, that was that trip. And then you come here and you're talking about Guatemala where you're going to just an orphanage and you're staying there the entire time. And there's so much work to be done. There's the orphans that you are there to minister to. Um, and so it's just completely different in nature and mindset um, and stress. I mean, there's, there's different kinds of stress. And I felt the weight of leading this team and making sure that we're going out there to do the right things. And so, you know, there was a lot of training and preparation that was involved. And, and I've got to say, um, you know, I, I, I know, like I've gotten some feedback uh, about, you know, my leadership and, and I turned it completely over to God. There's five years of planning into this Guatemalan trip. Um, and, you know, when I said that I would take it, it was basically, I wanted to take my family. So I'm like, well, if, if I'm the leader, then, you know, they have to go. Um, which is why Chloe said what she said, uh, you know. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I can't say enough about my family over here sitting in these blue shirts. Like, they made me look good. Uh, they, uh, they prepared their hearts appropriately, and that's something that you have to do. I mean, there was multiple meetings that we had to go through, multiple trainings that you have to go through, and, and sometimes that kind of minutia seems too much. And that was a, some of the feedback that I was getting in preparation on the, the, the flight out there or, or the, the, um, the months of pre-planning and training that we were doing. It was like, this is a little, it's a little much. And um, I really do think that that ended up being part of the reason why we were so successful. Uh, because, you know, the preparation of your heart when you're thinking about a mission trip and, and the reasons why you'd want to go on a mission trip you know, you want to find your religion or you want to find yourself or you want to connect closer to God or, you know, you, you just want to go on a vacation to a foreign country that you've never seen before. And that's not the purpose of a mission trip. The purpose of the mission trip is for you to go out and support the mission staff, the orphanage, the location, the physical location, and for you to serve. And you have to do it with a heart that is prepared in a way that you give it all to God and give it all to the mission um, and you try to take nothing for yourself. And this team did that and they did it in a mighty way. And I am so proud to be associated with this team because these are amazing people and I love them very much. And Rob, I'll, I'll speak on behalf of your team. You did an amazing job of leading this team. And um, yeah. And we appreciate that. Um, I want to share some text of, of Josh Hansen. I received these from Josh Hansen. He's the director of uh, Castle Shalom. And um, here's what he said on Sunday, June 25th. Um, so you guys were there. He sent me a text. And he said, your team is doing awesome. They have an amazing attitude and are working their tails off. On Monday, June 26th, he said, your group is working hard all day, cleaning everything up every day, keeping it all locked up at the end of the day like I asked, and then thanking me as they finish projects. I also have literally not heard one complaint. It's blowing my mind. I responded, and we, we chatted back and forth for a moment, and he concluded with this. He said, last week was 15 years of me and my wife doing this. I have literally never gone this long without someone complaining I am beyond happy they are here. And then after you guys returned home on Sunday, July 2nd at 8.40 at night, he sent me this text. Working late with a group in our new cafeteria because some awesome people who love Jesus and my kids wired it all up with lights and outlets. And he concluded that text with a, a happy dance meme of Carlton from the Fresh Prince dancing, <laughs> um, which is Josh, if you know Josh. Um, you guys made that happen. I mean, it, it, 
I, I have led many mission teams, and I've had some team members that are, I mean, like trophies, man. They are, they are exactly what you want. And then I've had some that have been nightmares. I'm not going to lie. They were just a challenge from day one. I knew going through our training they were going to be a challenge. And it just appears to me that this entire team got it. Like they just understood it. And that is nothing short of your leadership. And I appreciate that so much. And so um, thank you guys for being such a, a, a great inspiration and testimony. Uh, nothing does my heart any, any greater than having an orphanage director text those types of comments to me. Um, and, and I know that that's not always the case. So thank you. And thank you guys so much. Tremendous. Yeah. Um, Rob, in concluding, I know there's some thoughts that you have, and I would love for you just to kind of share from your heart for a moment here. Uh, sure. There, there's just a couple of things I wanted to share with the church. First, um, you know, on, on the last evening uh, of VBS, you know, I, I think Jen talked about it a little bit, but we, you know, when, when we were going out there, Josh had kind of mentioned to me that we were going to do VBS, uh, but we didn't get confirmation about the VBS and, and our ability to run it until like, I think, two or three weeks before we went out there. And so it was a scramble to put everything together. But what was great was Deanna was, was willing to share a lot of the materials that we had. And so the, the, we went into a lot of planning mode and Katie and Sabrina, and unfortunately Sabrina is in Alabama uh, becoming a doctor so, like, she's got something more important to do than this. Like, so she's not here today, unfortunately. But we love you, Sabrina. Um, and, and so Sabrina and Katie stepped up to the plate and started to organize this and, and plan it. And everybody got involved in that. Um, but we kind of got lost in the forest through the trees where the focus was always about bringing the kids to Christ. And so on the third night of this VBS, um, we're there and... Taylor just, my son, feels the Holy Spirit move on him and grabs a mic and grabs Kelly, who is one of the directors there at the orphanage, who is doing all of the translations for us. And he does a salvation call to the kids. Um, and it, it just blew us all away because it was like, that's exactly what we were there for, but we had missed it. How did we miss that uh, particular point? Um, but he felt the calling and so he ended up doing it. And so I'm so thankful for that particular moment because it crushed us uh, there. And there was four orphans that we know of that raised their hands to submit and, and honor their, their lives to Christ. So thank you for that, Taylor, because it was, it was one of the more magical moments of that particular trip. But I do want to share with the congregation about, um, you know, my experience and, and one of the reasons why I want to bring my family out there and, and, and what I've learned going on two mission trips um, within a four-month period and taking three vacation weeks um, to do that and, and spending way more money than I should have ever spent uh, on that. And, and um, you know, it, it's not mental illness. It, it was a desire to be with God and, and to show my children and my family and, and, and the members that came out with us um, about servitude. And, and um, you know, five years of planning went into this, this particular trip. Um, and as much as we did, let me, sorry, I'm finding my notes here. It's about perspective, uh, we live in an amazing community. I, I've grown to love Newberry. I grew up in Tampa and came up here um, to, uh, to go to school. And I met my wife here and she's a local and, and uh, you know, I've never convinced her to move away so, or had the ability to move her away. So this is just my life. This is the community that I'm living in. I, I always intended to live in a big city, but getting to know the people here in this church has been transformational to me and, and brought me closer to God. Um, but it's, but going on a mission trip changes your heart and changes your perspective about life. You know, you, you sometimes look at others, um, that are less fortunate and, and, uh, please hear my heart in this. I am not condemning anyone. Uh, but you know, you, you look at others that, um, are less fortunate, uh, homeless, uh, poor, um, and you're like, why, why 
can't you just work harder? Why can't you go, just go find a job? But you know, when you see these people in these situations, these orphans, you see the people out in Manila that are literally living in a graveyard because an ancestor bought a plot of land and they have nowhere else to go to. So they're sleeping on the graves of their ancestors in, with, with cockroaches about the, as big as my fist flying around constantly uh, at your face. Um, you realize that uh, there's no bootstrapping out of that. And the adults that are in that situation are a testament to our failure as a human race to help them and elevate them out of that situation. And you learn to have compassion for these kind of people. And you start to realize that when Jesus is talking about laying down your life for others, that, you know, I used to think that that was like some kind of movie scene where I got to jump in front of a bullet to, to, to literally die for someone, but it changes your perspective even that, that leveraging your time, talent, and treasure for others is laying down your life for them. And, and that is what we need to do here locally as well as in the mission field. So I encourage anyone who has ever thought about going into a mission field that, you know, Bill Wilson, he talked about us when we were out in the Philippines, that there's two types of people and Christians that serve. There, there's the servers that actually go, and then there's the senders. So I want to thank everyone that sewed into this team and provided any kind of prayer, um, encouraging words, uh, financial. I, thank you so much because you are a sender. You were, you were there with us in those particular moments. And um, I also want to say that, um, you know, that, that we need to have more compassion uh, for those that are, that are poor and meek. Jesus asked us to do that. And, and um, it, it changed my kids' perspective. As Chloe, you heard Chloe in her testimony talking about uh, her, um, her, her change of mindset that, the things that she has here locally are, are, are incredible. And, and uh, she sees how other kids live and other people live in, in other countries. And, and you move out of that echo chamber of just being here in this local community and you get to see where God moves on you internally as well as where God moves in, uh, externally on, on other people. And it's just, it was a wonderful experience. I highly encourage you to get involved in some capacity. Uh, I'm sure that this church is going to uh, continue to go to Casa Shalom, and, and there will be others of you that go um, outside of this church to other mission uh, trips. Um, I, I think it was a, a life-altering experience as someone that's approaching his 50s to, to go on two mission trips in four months, and I've never been on a mission trip in my life. I'm telling you, you can do it. God will make a way. He made a way for me, made a way for my family, made a way for all of these people that thought that they, they couldn't do it too. Um, and, and I thank God. Amen. Well, Rob, thank you so much. Thanks for leading our team, brother. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.